name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Today, we hear these beautiful words from the scriptures that our, our Lord is a God of peace. He's a good shepherd. He's a lover of mankind. He's a healer. And he equips us with every good that we may do his will. Let me repeat that. Our Lord is a God of peace. He's a good shepherd, a lover of mankind, and a healer. He equips us with every good that we may do his will. That should be enough. Homily's over. Go do his will. Go do his will. He equips you to do this. This is who he is. This is what God is. This is what he does. He loves us. He heals us. He brings us to these places where we can be touched by him and be filled with his grace and mercy that we may do his will. God so loves mankind. He loves creation that he wants to heal it. He wants to do good to it. Do good with it. And we become those instruments. We become those instruments by which he can do that good. He equips us that we may do his will. Today stands before us the great Saint Nicholas, the Archbishop of Myron Lycia, a powerful fourth century saint who keeps watch over our souls. The hymnity is very beautiful. The saints keep watch over our souls. They protect us. They pray for us. They guide us. What a beautiful thing we see in the saints. Not only do we, are we able to ask for their prayers, but they intercede for us and kind of keep us, uh, protect us. They're our friends, our holy friends. So this great saint, uh, Nicholas of Myra, Theophanes and Nona were his parents, very pious parents, the only son. And he didn't speak in church like Elias does. He was a very pious, pious young child. Very pious young child. And desired to serve God all of his life. It was his only, only, only aspiration to serve God. And his uncle was the Bishop of Patera at the time, and that's where they lived. And his bishop took him to himself and taught him the faith and ordained him to a priest, and he spent time in the monastery, in the monastery, which he desired to do. That was kind of his main goal. But in his priesthood and in his time in Patera, he became a great man of generosity, taking care of the poor and helping the people. You kind of see this kind of icon of Santa Claus grow out of the very presence of this Saint Nicholas. His priesthood was full of good works, taking care of children, sailors, students, whoever he needed to care for, prisoners. He cared for them. This was his life, to care for the other, to step outside of himself and care for the other. 
He miraculously became the bishop in Myra. He was, uh, he desired to live the monastic life, but it was visited by God, and God told him, no, you need to go take care of the people. That's your lot. Not monasticism, but to be among the people. And so he snuck into the church in Myra where they had just um, lost their bishop, and the one of the bishops there had a dream, the first man that comes into church, his name will be Nicholas, he will be your new bishop. And guess who always came to church first? So you should come to church first. If you want to be a bishop, come to church first. <laughs> and there he became the great Archbishop of Myron Lycia. And his works abounded, his good works abounded. Even, even prayers to him while he was alive, he would visit people. He would visit people and, and, and be with them and protect them and, and deliver them from troubles. Sailors, merchants, children, prisoners, all reaped the blessings of this holy man. So we hear that in his Troparian, in, his, in the, the hymn to him, he's an icon of faith, an icon of love, an icon of justice, an icon of humility, an icon of abstinence, an icon of meekness. So for us today, what do we get, get from this? It's wonderful to hear about the saints, but they should inspire us. Each of them should inspire us to, to move forward in, 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 uh, in the aspiration of virtue, some movement. Works of justice, a canon of faith. So for us, as for St. Nicholas, we are equipped to do every good work, to, to do to, for every good, to do his will. So, can you act saintly? Can you act saintly? Timothy. Can you act saintly? You know how to do it? It's very simple. You do the next good thing. That's what saying is. You just did the next good thing. It's not complicated. You, make, you think the next good thought. You dismiss the bad one. You say the next good word, and you shut up the bad one. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Well, maybe I should have. You shut it up. You put a door on your lips. Lock it. Saintly. Say the next good thing. Shut up the bad one. Do the next good work and refrain from the evil one. That's it. That's our life. That's saintliness. The saints just did that very consistently. And we can do this. this. Living the Christian life is not complicated. We complicate it. Life complicates it. Circumstances complicate it. Distractions complicate it. But it's very simple. Think the next good thought. Do the next good thing. Say the next good word. 
and refrain from those things that aren't good. Look at, look at the room of saints there are here. Beautiful. That's all we need to do. We certainly need the help of God to do this because we know how hard this is to do. So we draw near to God. That's why we pray. That's why we fast. That's why we give alms because we want to draw near to this God who gives us this grace to do the next good thing. That saintliness, the life of St. Nicholas, the life of the saints, beautiful. So, for us, works of justice, canon of faith, we can do the next good thing. A teacher of abstinence and meekness. His wealth, he gave away. As soon as he was able and moved toward his priesthood and toward the monastic life, he just gave things away. And when he got it, he gave it. So, in a sense, for us, we need to understand we get what we give. The love you take is equal to the love you make. That's the Beatles, by the way, if you didn't remember. Even they can get it. Okay? That is how we live. We give our, or we walk around not like this, holding on to everything, we walk around like this, willing to give it away, all away if we needed to. You know, one of the great stories of St. John Maximovich, beloved saint, in San Francisco, his caretakers said they could not keep him in shoes. Why? Because when he walked the streets of San Francisco, if he saw somebody homeless without shoes, guess what he did? He took his shoes off and gave it to them. Give, it, give, give, give what you have. Hold on to nothing tightly. Nothing tightly. Feel the sense that you, you, you're looking for opportunities to be generous. You're looking for opportunities to do a good work, to say a good thing to somebody. You're looking to do that, to step outside of yourself, to do good for the other. That's the life of St. Nicholas, and that's the life that he's encouraging us to do, to be generous with our time, with our words, with our money. Be, look for ways to do good for others. It's a joyful life. It's a wonderful life. Brother John Finley gave a great example of that the other day, uh, last, last homily. And he says he puts a dollar on his car seat because when you drive in Santa Barbara, you're and invariably going to go by somebody that wants some money, some, some, uh, some kindness. And so you kindly give them, in a kind heart, you give them money. And what do they tell you? God bless you. His line was, uh, I think he said, I'd pay a dollar for somebody to say that to me. That was great. So, wealth is, our wealth is our ability to give, to be generous. A likeness of humility, a, this, this virtue, 
eludes us a bit, I think, because it's, it's kind of hard to find, a bit humility. Um, it's a beautiful place, and I very seldom get there, but when I do get there, it's peaceful. It's quiet. It doesn't exalt yourself. You don't exalt yourself. You're not trying to promote yourself. You're just quiet before God. So when we, we try to find this place of humility, so that, so that when we are blessed, we are thankful. We're not like, I deserve it, blessed. Of course, of course, of course people applaud me. Yes, of course. Of course I deserve that. Of course I deserve that. Of course I deserve that raise. Of course I deserve that. Of course I deserve that. And I don't deserve that, and I don't deserve that, and I don't deserve that. You know what the saints say, interestingly enough? All blessings are undeserved. All blessings are undeserved. So what should you do when you get one? Thank God. Wow. He loves you. He pours grace and mercy into your life even that you don't deserve. Even if it's a gift you've been given in terms of ability, that gift was given to you by God. And so you should always turn with gratitude toward him if we can do this, beloved, those things that we do that people appreciate about us can fill us with gratitude to God, not pride and kind of uh, lifting up of self, no, but a gratitude toward God. This is what the saints did. They thanked God for everything. One of St. John of Kronstadt's great lines was when somebody compliments you, you turn right around and say, oh, you're so kind. Don't let it stick. We should just be so overwhelmed with gratitude all the time for the things God has given to us. Uh, our shelter, our food, whatever it might be. We are grateful to God for these things. So, we can act saintly. We can act saintly. We can do, say, and think the next good thing. We can live uh, a life of generosity and a life of thanksgiving. May it be so. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.